and welcome to the Church of Stop Shopping. I'm Reverend Billy. Great to be in this big mega church here. Look at all of you. You've stopped your shopping. No, you haven't. I haven't. We are sinners. We have been out on the sidewalks and streets, out in the largest, they say, social movement in the history of the United States, and now a lot of us are back in our homes, at least back home more of the time than we were, and our general assignment that we all understand is that we are finding systemic racism where it exists in our everyday living, in the institutions, the jobs, in the relationships, in the walking up and down the street, saying hello at the bodega, saying hello to somebody whose name you cannot remember. All of that ordinary living has in it things that need to be examined, turned over in our conscience. Meanwhile, as we do this, the fundamentalist church of the United States, the lurking, looming monster called the monoculture, the shopping, is coming down upon us. And it makes it hard to have that special flavor of freedom, that anarchy, that thing that we need so badly. It gives us a kind of intelligence that isn't just a cookie or an app. It gives us a kind of love that's not just a pop song. Ghost I'm singing, ghost I'm singing, ghost I'm singing, ghost I'm singing. Ghost I'm singing, ghost I'm singing, ghost I'm singing, ghost I'm singing. It's not for sale. 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 I'm telling you, democracy is not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. I'm telling you, democracy is not for sale. Burning with the justice ghost. Justice in my hand, in my feet, justice in my heart, all over me. Justice in my hand, in my feet, justice in my heart, all over me. Telling you my neighborhood is not for sale, not for sale, not for sale. I'm telling you my neighborhood is not for sale. Burning with the justice goes. The justice goes. Justice in my hand. Justice in my feet. Justice in my heart. All over me. Justice in my hand. Justice in my feet. Justice in my heart. It's all over me. Feel it in my hands. Feel it in my feet. Feel it in my heart. All over me. Feel it in my hands. Feel it in my heart, feel it in my mind, in my world. Feel it in my hands, feel it in my feet, feel it in my heart, all over me. Feel it in my hands, feel it in my heart, feel it in my mind, in my world.
Telling you imaginations not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. I'm telling you imaginations not for sale. Burning with the justice goose. Frederick Douglass, Langston Hughes, Fannie Lou Hamer, Burdicus Saris, Victor Yara, Bobby Sands. Great, brave people. Your lives don't go away. Your lives open up freedom space for us. And we feel grateful to you. Your lives, of course, are examples. But each life that is that brave is meeting her or his time with a special uniqueness. Each of you would have been called an eccentric, I suppose, by some passerby, some relative. But we, we wonder if there is something that you all have in common. If we were coming up to you and saying, we're starting our activism over again, or we're starting it for the first time in some cases, I wonder if you would have an answer that was a river flowing through all of you. Yes, that sounds like a justice ghost kind of answer. I'm wondering if you would say that we all have that river inside of us. I wonder if you would say that we were all seeds. It seems to me I've seen this in your writing, in your journals. We all have it. I think that's something you always did. You said it was universal. You said, what I have, you have. I know that each of us was bold once. Each of us saved our lives. Each of us was alone in the face of a bully, in the face of abuse, of confusion and fear. And we had to, we had to rise up. How we made ourselves. I know we share that. And it may be that we've forgotten it. And if you let the years slip by and you forget those formative, brave seed stories that each of us has, well then what happens is the monoculture, the marketers, they step in there and they start pretending that they can represent to ourselves what we were, right? Brand our own bravery. Then we end up paying money to experience ourselves. Amen. That's what they're trying to do. Does that strike a chord? Does anybody agree with me there? Yeah. I also remember, and this might be a part of that river too, that Justice Ghost River, going outside at night, sneaking away from your family. They're still eating or something, watching television. You sneak away down a fence line. I used to do this when we lived in South Dakota. I would sneak out there and the night sky, the starry night sky, the planets and the suns up there. That has something to do with my construction of bravery, my exercise of whatever I have that resists the... You know, when you're standing there and you're in the street and you're, there's a military cop coming right at you, and that military cop is saying to himself or herself, I have got the power. And the power they have is the power of property. The power they have is the power of profits. The power they have is the power of real estate development, destroying neighborhoods, military power, national sentimental patriotic power. 
See, I stuck the word sentimental in there. Did you hear that? <laughs> and they've got the power of their costume, of their shield, and their Darth Vader getup. they got a lot going on. They build up that power. They're people that work on making them believe they've got that power. But then what do we have? We've felt it over the last weeks. Oh, we have that river. That river coming from our ancestors, flowing from the earth, from that moment that we demanded that we had our own person in the face of that violence. When we were kids, and that river from our discovery of the earth, of its limitlessness, of its complexity. Yes, those are, those are the things of that river, that Justice Ghost River, that comes from the people that are sheroes and heroes to us. But I think that they might say, go inside, go outside. Stand there in front of that cop and have your whole life in you. That child in you who stood up, that sneaking away into nature, discovering the earth in you as you grow up, have the whole experience in you, ready for that traumatized, misguided soldier person coming at you. And they may have their violence, but that violence will be powerless because you are there with your whole life. Your earth life, your justice ghost is alive. Amen? Oh, let's keep doing what we've been doing. We've been doing it now for weeks and weeks and weeks. Say the names. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmoud Arbery. Say the names. That power is in us. In us. Oh, yes. We're starting our activism over again. Every day, every hour, every minute. It's alive. It's growing. It's the natural world. Earth Alleluia. the natural world. Hi, I'm Savitri D. Welcome to News from the Natural World. 
Researchers in Ireland have discovered that a very common invertebrate found in freshwater streams is able to rapidly break down microplastics in less than 100 hours until the fragments become nanoplastics, which are pieces measuring less than one micrometer. The discovery is not necessarily good news about the plastic waste clogging oceans and waterways. The researchers described their findings as alarming. Smaller nanoplastic particles could go further and penetrate cells and tissues where their effects could be much harder to predict. These invertebrates are very important in ecosystems because they are prey for fish and birds. Hence, any nanoplastic fragments that they produce may be entering food chains. A new study by the Union of Concerned Scientists concludes that more than 800 hazardous Superfund sites near the Atlantic and Gulf coasts are at risk of flooding in the next 20 years, even with low rates of sea level rise. Migratory freshwater fish are among the most threatened animals on the planet. A new global assessment by environmental groups described as the first of its kind found that populations of migratory freshwater fish have declined by 76% between 1970 and 2016, a higher rate of decline than both marine and terrestrial migratory species. A climate change initiative in the northeastern U.S. designed to cut greenhouse gas emissions has also greatly reduced harmful air pollution and related impacts to kids' health. Led by researchers at Columbia University, the study found that the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative has reduced fine particulate matter, and due to this reduction, the region avoided an estimated 537 cases of child asthma, 112 preterm births, 98 cases of autism spectrum disorder, and 56 cases of low birth weight between 2009 and 2014. Scientists have documented more than 12,000 species worldwide that are experiencing range shift. Everything from fish to bees to caribou to grasses to berries to trees. We are literally living through a redistribution of life on Earth, said Greta Pecci, a marine ecologist and lead author on a recent study of range shift. Even though this is my bread and butter that I work on, it really does blow my mind, she said, the extent of this phenomenon. She said, the way this is playing out in broad strokes is that in the Northern Hemisphere, plants and animals are moving north, while in the Southern Hemisphere, they're moving south. Thank you so much. See you next week. I was in the car with Savitri Salvatore and Billy driving across South Dakota for days, destinationless, miles and miles of corporate farming, GMO corn, soybeans, and we kept going. We came out to Sioux country. All of a sudden, there weren't any fences anymore and we gravitated down toward what is known as the Badlands we 
paid some money, I think it was 12 bucks or something, to go into the Badlands, a 37-mile drive in your car on the edge of white and pink and purple and black striated rock, very beautiful, a little on the order of the Grand Canyon, coming right out of the prairie. We drove for a while. We had both been there before, years before younger something about the whole thing was uh, not quite making it for us this time we pulled into this scenic I think they called it a viewing point I think they were called viewing points little parking lots on the edge of the promontory that juts out over the panoramic rock of the Badlands. And we never talked about it, but we just sort of stepped over the fence and sort of walking into the scenic view. And just ingested some kind of, inhaled some sort of breath of bravery or something. We had to know that, I mean, there were signs and everything, and you can't leave the little cul-de-sac. <laughs> we walked down, down, down into the scenic view. We pierced the scenic view. We committed the crime of becoming people inside other people's scenic view. They're not supposed to have any people over there. We kept walking, not talking, walking farther and farther. And then we sort of walked through a a sort of crease in the beautiful layered rocks. Went up into the sky like a city block up. We walked in this little narrow canyon. Came out behind the scenic view. And there was a beautiful meadow there. A kind of, uh, would you call it a swale? What's a swale? Ever heard that word somewhere? Uh, there might have been a little stream there. I don't think I saw the stream, but it was a little bit like, like a, a valley. We walked into this meadow of all these native long grasses. It's different. And we still weren't not talking. I mean, we held hands now and again. Mostly we just kept walking. All the sounds of the wind in the grass, the wind whistling through the rocks. And then finally we sat down. We lay on our sides and then waited. Waited for a long time. And then the grassland around us began to change. 
There were heads surfacing in the grasses, looking at us. Animals of different kinds. Antelope. Deer. Bighorn sheep. looking at the eyes and we were there long enough to feel that this place was alive with eyes, ears, senses. So many beings we were watching each other was the place was being with itself so many eyes How are you feeling about the years ahead? Well, I think it's hard, and I think that's like, especially being a young person, that's kind of like going through the fog. That's just what going through life is, irregardless of the circumstances. But I guess there's a certain strategy that people are learning. And so along those lines, you kind of get hints at what is to come. And so I study history, right? And so I, I do that because I, I think storytelling and framing the present and the future is very important for our generation, especially in, in gaining mass support behind certain movements and in like delegitimizing oppression, essentially. We see the framing of upcoming years is methodically done by estimates on the degradation of climate. And the studies always used to lay out the 2030, the 2050, and, the, and after 2100, we were just going to go off the cliff into, into hell. <laughs> and for years, 2100 was this demarcation point after which the sixth extinction was completing itself and human beings were just gone. 
But now, of course, bellwether marks for 2100 are happening right now. And there was a Siberian village that had 100 degree Fahrenheit uh, temperature north of the Arctic Circle. That was supposed to happen in 2095. You know, we're starting to have a complete breakdown of that bracketing. And I was thinking, you know, with climate change, there's projection from scientists who have models. With the defeat of racism and the defeat of capitalism, there's no such time frame. There's no projected history. And the climate is now breaking down. Those estimates are breaking down to the point where climate is starting to come into the same conversation as racism and um, economic inequality. Yeah, I think also... I should probably like backtrack a little bit about what I think about history in general, right? So when you study like most modern historiographies or what people say are modern, right? In reality, what they do is they project a certain past to uh, secure a certain future, right? But personally, I don't believe in the past and I also don't believe in their future. <laughs> so very much so, they're going to give you models that aren't going to prepare you for the crises that are actually occurring right now and are going to occur much quicker than they right. say. Mm. But I guess I'd say, uh, in like the most essential way, a lot of historiography likes to plan this idea that you know history repeats itself as if it, it goes on forever in this capitalist system, you know? But in reality, you know, there's broader loops to that, <laughs> to that storytelling. Mm -hmm. And when you understand that, you understand that there's a tipping point. And what most Enlightenment thinkers back in the day or whatever thought about that tipping point was that's when you break through to transcendence. But really, that transcendence, if anything, is the realization of the vast majority of people that any security is really a certain death. Any insecurity is room for liberation. So I think that's something special with our generation. We very much don't care for <laughs> the traditional securities, at least among people I am in affinity with. Well, amen. We're talking to Wally Elliott. And, and Wally, I just want to thank you for uh, my neighbor. The projection of the future by a 19-year-old, and I think you just came up with the, the best definition of consumerism I've ever heard. If you think you're secure, you're going to die. <laughs> if you think you're happy and you're, you're, things are okay, you're going down. If you're as insecure as you really should be looking out at reality, then you have the possibility of liberation. Can I use that? Yeah, that's Can I preach on that? <laughs> yeah. Wally Elliott, thank you so much. And we will continue to go forward whether future history proves to be cyclical, spiralic, or a freight train going off a cliff. And our secular Earth service comes to an end, and so we'll say goodbye. Can you hear the hurricane in the background here? We've got Isaiah Ass, or whatever the name of that thing is, roaring outside here. Justice Ghost and the peace to the people of the world. They are, let's just thank the Stop Shopping Choir for the delivery of those beautiful pieces, but especially Nehemiah Luckett, William Moses, James Solomon Ben, and Laura Newman. Different combinations of arranging, composing, and singing there. News from the natural world. The gathering of the news and the editing and the performance by 
Savitri D, who is also the director of the Church of Stop Shopping. The Badlands piece, brought to you by the Fiery Eagles of Justice, Brendan Burke on drums, Jason Candler on the saxophone, and I myself was not absent. This is distributed by Pantheon Podcasts, who are guiding us into the world of podcasting. The show has been developed over the last couple years with Neil Young and his online artists for the religious page of the Times Contrarian newspaper, which is a part of the Neil Young archives. Thank you, Neil. Reverend Billy Radio is produced by Jason Candler. And this is Reverend Billy. Blessings, Earthalluya. We are the Earth, and it could be the Earth might save us. Amen? Till next week. Love-alluya! Love-alluya!